0: Yo, everybody, good morning. By the way, that was my sister praying right there. My little sister. Oh, my gosh. She's so cute. Oh, my God. Hey, uh, welcome to Shift Church. My name is Derek. If you don't know, I know everybody here knows me. So, anyways, um, if you're listening online, we're glad you joined us online. And we've been in this series that we've called Snapped. And, you know, we all have situations in our lives where we just feel like, man, if, you, if, if one more thing happens, I'm going to Snap. I'm going to go Kung Fu Ninja, Donkey Kong all over you or something, you know. And we just have those things in our lives, so, you know. And maybe it's something simple like our day-to-day routine where we don't really have margin in our lives to even breathe, let alone take the kids to practice, go do that project, get this done at work, chase a kid down the hallway at, at school, whatever the case may be, <laughs> okay. Like, you know, we had those times in our lives where we just feel like it's going, we're going to snap. And, um, you know, like, you know those times when, like, everything's going good, like everything's going great, you're like, got you a new truck, get you whatever, you know, and then a mail truck hits your mirror and then they don't, they're not gonna pay for it. You know, that kind of like you're about to snap. You know, or or maybe it's something even even more simpler than that, like you can't get your, your, your work done for school. Like that's frustrating sometimes. Or maybe it's um I don't know what your what your case may be, but sometimes everything's going good. And then all of a sudden, the bottom drops out. And so what we're going to talk about today is what happens when the bottom does drop out? Oh, maybe me may, may rephrase it this way. I'm going to come up here and rephrase it this way. What do most of us do when the bottom drops out? Right? And like, I'm wondering how many, if anybody, I'm going, to, I'm going to raise my hand on this one. Is When something bad happens, the first thing you do is ask God the question, Why? Why did this happen? Why did that event need to happen in my life? What, like, what is the purpose in all this? Like, God, if you're re- if you really love me, you wouldn't have let that happen. Or maybe it's um, maybe it's kind of like, maybe let me just give you an exa- uh, easy example. I'm gonna put this over here, and, and um. Maybe it's maybe it's you can relate relate to this. Like Zane has gotten an obsession with playing Xbox like twenty four seven. Mom and dad's fault, okay. I just throw that out there. It's our fault. Well, not Mama's fault, daddy's fault, okay. I'm not gonna throw her under the bus, okay. And the other day, I thought I was gonna punch Zane right in the throat because I said I would never do that. By the way, just so everybody's aware, I would never do that. If you're listening online. I would never do that, okay? Um, but the other day I asked him, we well, had been on it for a lot for a long time, and I said, Zane, I need you to get off your Xbox and help me. You would have thought all hell broke loose in my household that day. Because he goes, Why? Of course, it didn't help, that he had a headset on. So, you know, when you have a headset on, it it automatically gets louder because you can't hear yourself. He's like, you always do this to me, Dad, right when I'm in the middle of a a battle. Why do I always have to do this? And he's bawling. And of course, I'm like, boy, I don't fight fair, so you better watch it. He starts questioning my authority. to tell him to get off his Xbox. And the inner Darth Vader came out in me. And I said, because I'm your father. <laughs> and see but I wonder sometimes, maybe, you know, God's asked us to do some things. Or maybe what you thought was what God wanted, you now have lost. And you're sitting there going, why, is, why do I have to go through this? Like you've, you've reached the breaking point. Like Zane, you've reached the breaking point of being asked to get off the Xbox. And you're like, why does this have to happen? Why does life have to be this way? And there's a story in the Bible that I think is a great picture of this. So, you know, we talked the first week about faith, about what, what is your faith in? Is it in the promise or the promiseur? Right? And there's a guy in the Bible who had some incredible faith. And his name was Job, not Job. Job. Okay? His name was Job. He had so much faith, like God believed in him big time. Okay? And so before I get into the story, I want to say this. The title of my sermon today is Third Degree. The Third Degree. Job does something here in a minute, much like Zane did to me and grilling me with questions. Zane was giving me the third degree, and Job's going to do that here in a minute. But Job was full of faith, even in his questioning. He was full of faith. But see, he had so much faith that when 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 the devil was going around trying to find someone, God said, "What about my servant Job?" And 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 got and and the Devil was like, well, he only serves you because he has all this stuff. Because he had a beautiful wife, some son and kids. He had he had a farm. He had um, which equaled wealth and money in that day. Like he was he had he had what it, what whatever. Like imagine it. He would be like the modern day millionaire in his time period. He had everything you think you would want, right? And, and so and so he and the devil was like he only worships you and he's only faithful to you because he has all this stuff and so god gave the satan permission to try him and what happens is is that eventually everything that job had was taken away And if you're taking notes, you can go ahead and write this down real quick. Is this, is it, it's sometimes in losing everything, you find where your strength really is. It's that point where you've reached the bottom, where you're starting to ask God why. Maybe it's in that moment where you find where your strength really is. It goes back to week one. Is your faith in the promise or the promisor? Or is your faith in what he gives you rather than what? Who he is. So after he's lost about everything, he said, I can't. his wife told him to curse God. And he said, I can't do that. I can't do that. And eventually his wife died, was taken from him. Which I don't know if that was a relief or not. I don't know. Just kidding. Tough room. Well, then his friends came to him and told him to curse God. He's like, I can't do that. Job stayed faithful even in the mess. But where we're going to pick up the story is Job, in his faithfulness, starts to question God. He starts to ask God, why was everything taken from me? Why was my bottom dropped out? Why why am I going through all this? And this is God's reply. In Job 38, starting in verse 1, he says this. The Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? Brace yourself like a man. Some versions say uh, dress, uh, dress for action like a man or guard your loins, but it's AKA for put on a cup because we're about to throw down. Okay? He says brace yourself like a man because I have some questions for you. And you must answer these. And this is what he says. Oh, let me say this first. So here we are. The, the next note you can say right down is this. What, what we see in front of us is only part of the whole picture. Because at this point, all, all um, Job is seeing is everything was taken away from him, and now he's all by himself. You know, it's kind of like if you step back from a stained glass window, they're beautiful, Well, most of them are beautiful. But they're beautiful, right? But if you, if you were to get up close, all you could see was the fractured glass. We don't see the whole picture. So what's about to happen is, is God, God's going to lay out the big picture to Job. He's going to lay out the 30,000-foot the, the, the view instead of the ground-level view for Job. And, because what Job doesn't see is that God has something more for him in the future. Because of his faithfulness, but he goes on to say this in verse. how I mean, where am I at here? Did I skip some verses? I didn't put these in here. Can you? Um, what was the last verse that I read before that? Okay, put find four and five and put up there real quick. Thirty-eight, four and five. That's what you do when you do this real late at night. Says, this is what God how God responds to Job after he says dress fraction like a man. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Who determined its demise and stretched out stretched out the surveying lines? You see, here God for the next few chapters is asking Job this question. Is verse 6 it says, What well, it supports its foundation? Who laid its cornerstone? But going back to our last point, what what we see in front of us is only part of the whole picture because all Job is seeing is what is right there around him. And for a lot of us, all we see is the brokenness that's around us. What we see in front of us is only just a picture of what is really going on. See, there's a. It, this kind of reminds me of First Corinthians thirteen twelve, where it says now we see things imperfectly like 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 a um, like a puzzling like a like a puzzling reflection in a mirror. But then we will see everything clear like one day we'll see the big picture. When we're in heaven we can say oh that's why that happened. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know is par- all that I know is partially and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely just as God knows me. Completely. So here's Job questioning only what he can see in front of him and not what God is doing everywhere else. And at this point, Job has snapped. He's reached rock bottom and he's like, I can't go on anymore. Why am I going through this, God? And God starts questioning him. And in fact, for the next four, chapter, four chapters, I'm not going to read all of them to you because we'd be here forever. Which would be okay with me, but, you know. But for four chapters, God's asking him questions like this. Where were you when I created the Leviathan? Where were you when I, when I, when I, when I carved out the land? Where were you? When, and for four chapters, he gives Job the third degree. And it shows us and these, i I'm, I'm go and read these few, four chapters. It's amazing. But this shows us if you're taking notes that God is and will always be in control. God is and will always be in control. You see, that is where our faith really needs to be is in the fact that we, we serve a sovereign God, and the sovereign God means is that he's in control of everything. From the smallest molecules to the largest galaxies, he is in control. And that even in his control, he cares about someone like you and me. See, Job lost sight of the fact that, that, that God was with him in all of this. That this was actually proving that his faith was great in regards to God. But there's a turnaround that happened because when God gives you the third degree, you really don't have an answer. (laughs) In Job 42, 1 through 6, this is Job, Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. You asked, who, who is this that knew nothing? My wisdom was such ignorance. It is I. And I was talking about things I knew nothing about. Things far too wonderful for me. You said, listen, and I will speak. I, I, ha- I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. I had on- I'd only heard about you before, but now I've seen you with my own eyes. I take back everything I said. And I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. See, this reminds me of Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, verse, verse 3 does. Where he says, for I not, for, so verse 3 says, You ask who is this question my wisdom and with ignorance. It is I, and I was talking about things I knew nothing about. Things far too wonderful for me. Remember that verse 3? Well, this is what Jeremiah 29, 11 says. It says this, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You see, I think we need to stop and realize what's really important. See, I think Job had backed up into the things that he had. He, he, put it, he started turning his faith to the promises of God instead of God Himself, and he forgot that God's in control, which means He has a plan for me. Like like the things like what we think is important really aren't that important because because God's plan is ultimate overall. See, I think you can, you can write this down if you want to. It is us losing what we thought was important to really to really see what matters. All that matters is your relationship with God. That's why Jesus would say in the New Testament, you shall leave your father and mother to follow me. You have to leave everything behind to follow me. Because if you put your hope and your security in anybody else or anything else, you will reach rock bottom. You will snap. And then you have, um, then, then you have this question when you think about this, is do we really trust God with our future? Do you really trust God with your future? Well, I trust him with my salvation. What, what about your finances? Well, I can't give 10%, Derek. I don't know. I, will, I don't know if I'll make it to the end of the month, but you, if, you, if he can't get you to the end of the month, you think he, he's going to get you to the end of your life? That, I'm just using that as an example. Do you really trust God with your future? What if the career that you're going to school for right now really isn't the career that God wants for you? And you feel something in you going, you know, maybe I shouldn't go down this road and I should take this path in school instead, but this is what I want to do versus maybe this is where God wants you because this is where you can have the most impact. Maybe it's God calling you to quit your job and start something new, and you're like, but I'm comfortable here. I make some money here. <laughs> Jessica's about to come off the road, everybody. But you get what I'm saying? But God's telling you to start this over there, over here, and you're like, I really. D- but God, like, I'm, I, that will make us a little uncomfortable. God's like, okay. But I'm with you. Remember, I'm in control of everything. It's going to be hard. See, I go back to when, when you know, I was a youth pastor up in Rutledge. I was a worship leader up in Rutledge. I was. Graphic designer up at Relage, I was, I mean, I was a bunch of things. <laughs> and was doing, I was comfortable. I was, I was making decent money. My rent was only $350 a month for, for a three-bedroom apartment. I was like, "Woo, I'm good. I could live here, and then, I was, and then God was like, you remember the whole thing was for you to go back down to Knoxville and start a church? Yeah, well, it's time. And so I, I, I remember, okay, I'm gonna step on faith, and I'm gonna do this. And I get down here. And I didn't have a job for three months. And I remember stepping. Uh, I told this story before. I remember stepping in into um, into the uh, into J- Andrew Johnson building for my interview, and them going, "No, because of what you did eleven years ago that was supposed to be expunged off my record. You lied to us about, so we can't hire you for Knox County Schools." And I remember driving home, crying, going. But you told me, God, why are you taking everything away from me? Like this was my next step was to find a job here, and now, God, what am I? Like what? I remember having to pull over a couple times because I couldn't see, because I was crying. Glad you brought me to this. I remember pulling over in which is now the Tenova Healthcare place down Chapman Highway, and just saying. God, I know you're in control, but this really sucks right now. Like, this sucks. I'm going to have to pick up my kids from mom and dad, drive back up to Rutledge, and tell Brittany I didn't get the job because of me being an idiot when I was 18. And the phone rings, and it's the lady from Andrew Johnson building going, uh, listen, we we can't punish you for something you did 11 years ago. Why don't you come back in and finish the hiring process? I was like... You <laughs> know, like, why are you rock bottom? But I think it's when we hit rock bottom is when we really have to ask the question: Do we trust God to get us through it? Do we trust God to get us through the roughest patches in our life? Like we. We've seen God do some amazing things in our lives. Like, it makes me think of Isaiah 43, 19, when he says, For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. See, I want to read that verse again, and as we wrap this up, I'm going to read that verse again, if you can go back to it, Joe, the beginning of it. As we wrap this up, I want to say this. For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I can imagine God kind of asking this toward Job. Do you not see what we're doing here? Like I'm freeing you from the things that bound you. You are distracted by all this. Do, do you see it? Do you see that I'm giving you a chance to start over? To start fresh? To be something new? And I will make a pathway for you to get out of that. I will make a what you see as a wilderness, I'm going to get you out of it. But you've got to trust me with your future. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Which means he will nourish you. He will, he will give you your, the substance that you need in those moments where you feel like you've hit rock bottom. Even when you're questioning God. See, Job 42.4, remember it says this. You said listen and I will speak. Are we listening to what God's saying to us? I have some questions for you and you must answer them. I'd only heard about you before, is what Job said. But now I have seen you with my own eyes. I've seen what you've done in my life. I've seen those things. And if you're taking notes, you can write this down. I believe that a breakthrough will come when we reflect on where we have seen God move. Where was the last time, last place you've seen God move in your life? remember that. When you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, the reason you can fear no evil is because you remember all that God has brought you through and brought you to. When you don't know what to do, go back to the last thing you know God told you to do because you know that was the last place that you've seen God move in your life. But for some of us in this room, I think we need to do what Job did in Job 42, 6. I take back everything I said, and I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. For some of I'm not saying to go sit in some ashes today, okay? But what I am saying is maybe for some of us we need to repent and to say, God, I've I've been questioning you lately. I've been questioning the things that go on that's going on in my life. And, I haven't really trusted you in the process. So I just want to say I'm sorry for that. There's things in my life that I had, when I was prepared, like when I was getting ready this week, that had to go dagger to the heart and twist. Because there's some things in my life, not necessarily, I mean, there's stuff in my life that I have to repent for daily, but I didn't realize I had so much stuff in my life that I was that that I that I was questioning God about I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I am i do not know if I can do this or not, but I'm gonna do it anyways, like Friday afternoon was rough for me. There's this kid that I was been trying to invest so much into I was even trying to figure out a way that he can be a part of my family and like just to come hang out with us and do things with us kind of way and he made a horrible mistake and I said God why even though like I had no control over what he did but it still was kind of like I was trying so hard cute little kid just does some dumb stuff sometimes and I start questioning God and and as I sat Saturday morning I'm sitting there and I'm contemplating this and i have already rooting out this I'm contemplating through what I'm going to say today and I go and I go huh. I didn't trust God with the future here like what if this is a setup for a breakthrough for him So i I'm gonna tell you what happened. I'm not gonna tell you what happened, but I'm gonna tell you because I can't do that. But you know when you like fight for people, and then they lie to you. So they say this kid did whatever he did, and I um I went and got him, and I said, man, what happened? And of course it was it's an accident. I really didn't mean to do it. And I was like, okay, well I have to do a little investigation, but. You know, just sit here with Mr. Mathis for a little while and let me go figure this out. And, and I remember going up, they had just got this brand new TV in the security office. It's a nice TV. And I remember, hey, can you rewind it back to this time? Let me watch it. And I seen this kid intentionally do what he said he actually did. And I felt that. I snapped. I went down there to him and I said, how dare you lie? I, what, I'm one of the only people here that actually care for you. And you're going to lie to my face? When he comes back, like, I might apologize to him because I snapped. I lost focus on my purpose. <laughs> and I started questioning God of, I mean, and I know that's just something simple, like Eric, that's not really that big deal. It was a big deal to me because I've been in the trenches with this kid. Or, or here's something a little, a little bit, a little bit more serious. Brittany's pregnant with Lyric, and Brittany gets dehydrated, and. we're at our grandma's apartment and the closest hospital is Place behind Fulton High School. I don't know if I can get legally if I can say names. I remember the doctors there would not do an ultrasound but they said your baby's dead you can't find a heartbeat. right like, please do an ultrasound. Please. Oh no our ultrasound tech's not here today. Call them in. This just to make sure, please. Now we 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 can't hear a heartbeat. We're not we're not gonna call them in. And I remember leaving there, questioning God. God, why are you taking my baby away? I remember calling UT where her hospital was, and they're like, "Just come in in the morning. We'll we'll check it out." And I remember laying there at night, going, "God, if you loved me." Why would you take this kid away from me? And I remember laying there going, what, 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 what am I going to do? How am I going to, con- I'm tore up about this. How am I going to console my wife? And I remember driving, like, I, I mean, I was already up, so I didn't really get to sleep. So I remember driving to the hospital the next morning, and I mean, I I, I, I snapped. I remember pulling into the parking garage at UT Hospital, and I finally, okay, God, it's in your hands. Whatever, whatever the outcome, I'm gonna be okay with. It's gonna hurt, but I'm gonna be okay with. It. And of course, we went to the hospital; everything was fine. But let's find out whatever something was in front. And it was just blocking. But I mean, you see what I'm saying, like we all have those times when we start to question God. And we lose sight of that God is sovereign over all. That He has a plan and a purpose for us. Going back to Habakkuk, I, know, I didn't put this in here, but going back a weeks ago when I read Habakkuk five, that said, look among the nations, observe and be astonished. Wonder because I'm doing something in your day. In the rough days, the good days, but I'm doing it in your day you would not believe it if you were told or what about Zayn and Lyric who said I try to explain this to, to kids when they hear that their mamaw's sick say well God wouldn't take her from us because he loves us than having to go home that day and saying, mamma has gone. But I must be honest, when I was in the hospital room, and I'm sorry, baby, I'm pulling this out, but with Brittany and just her mom, I was just like, how do I console my wife in the middle of this? Like, wee, snap. Whew, I was about to snap that day. start asking questions God you heard what the lyrics said earlier now how am I going to handle this I feel like maybe I was being in all these situations maybe I was being a little bit like Job and was saying why God why did you have to take all this away Job, can you, Joe, can you put the rest? Of, I didn't do this, but can you put the rest of that Job 38? Well, not Job 38, but um, uh, 42, the ending, the last couple verses, uh, like the from, like the, yeah, just put from six on. See, let me see, like from seven on, really. After the Lord had finished speaking to Job, he said to those weird names, I'm angry with you, which is those are Job's friends, and you're two friends, you have not spoken accurately about me as my servant Job has. So take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you because he was faithful. I will, I will accept his prayer on your behalf I will not treat you as you deserve for you have not spoken accurately about me as my servant Job has so the weird names I'm dead as the Lord commanded them and the Lord accepted Job's prayer and when Job prayed for his friends the Lord restored his, his, his fortunes in fact the Lord gave him twice as much as before then all the brothers, sisters, former friends, came and feasted with him in his home. And they can and they consoled him and comforted him because of all the the trials the Lord had brought against him, and each of them brought him a gift of money and gold and gold ring, and so the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life, even more than he than the beginning, for now he had fourteen thousand sheep, six thousand camels, one thousand teams of oxen, one thousand female donkeys. He also gave Job's seven more sons and three more daughters. He named his, he named his first daughter Jemima, uh, the second all those weird names. Verse 15 And In all the land no woman were so as lovely as his daughters. So Job the daughters of Job and, and their fathers put them into to his will along with his brothers and Job lived 140 years after, after that living to see four generations of his children and grandchildren. Then he died an old man who had lived a long, full life because he stayed faithful. Even in his questioning of God, of why this this happened, he stayed faithful to God. So my question today, are you staying faithful to God? In the trials and the mess-ups and the, I don't know, what's going on here when all hell breaks loose in your life, are you going to trust God with your future, trust God with the process, or... Are you going to be like Job's friends and his used-to-be wife and just curse God for it? And like I said, it goes back to week one when I said, is your faith in the promises of God, what God can give you? Because if it is, you're going to snap when you lose it. Or is your faith in the Promiser who is sovereign and in control of everything? God, I want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be here this morning, God. And I, I want to thank you for being a God that even in our questioning, you are a God who stays faithful to us. That you defend us. That you fight for us. And that when we feel like we're fighting for our lives, we need may we not forget, God, that we are not fighting for victory, but our victory is already in your hands. God, I pray that you open our hearts and open our minds to you today. That maybe there's stuff going on in our lives today that we're starting to question you about. Maybe today, maybe today, is a day where we can begin, like Job, and ask you some questions and hear what you have to say because you're not scared of our questions. May may we actually listen to what you say and then say, you know what, God, you're right. You're in control. You're doing something that I can't even see right now. But whatever you're doing, it's going to end great. Give us the courage to face tomorrow. Give us the courage to face Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it may be. And may we just live in peace knowing that you are in control of all. And I pray this in your name. Amen.